I just have a suspicion about something, and if you'll indulge me for just a second, I'd like to know. How many of you are college football fans of any team but the Alabama Crimson Tide? Would you raise your hand? Okay, now, of those that just raised your hand, how many of you rooted for Alabama yesterday? Wow. Haters gonna hate, the theologian Taylor Swift once said. Now, of those that, that, that uh, could not root for Alabama yesterday, how many of you are Tennessee Vol fans? Ah, yeah. Well, you just experienced the theme of the sermon. You're a Tennessee fan. Ain't no way in the world you're going to ever pull for the Alabama Crimson Tide. You'll never change. You'll never, ever change. Well, I was just curious about that. It's not the way I planned on starting off the sermon today. But here's what I know. That if you live long enough, things are going to happen in life that you just can't change. That you just have to accept. That you just have to live with. And sometimes it's something as trivial as watching the Alabama Crimson Tide winning another SEC championship. But sometimes it's when the doctor tells you that you have cancer. Sometimes when it's when you have a brother who's addicted to drugs. Sometimes it's when the umbilical cord gets pinched just for 30 seconds. Sometimes it's when someone you love and care about deeply has been diagnosed with mental illness. Sometimes it's when your wife walks in and says, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Sometimes, it's when they don't even show up for the times in your life that matter the most. Sometimes things just happen in life. And we can't change a single one of them. Now we'd all like to live in a world where that stuff doesn't happen. We'd all like to live in the world where every single one of us have a beach house or a mountain resort that we could go to and spend time together and driving the nicest cars and never even having to look at our bank accounts because we always know that there's more money in there than we're ever possibly going to, to spend. But that's not the way life is. And so when life throws us these difficult curveballs, somehow or another we've got to come to a place where we're able to accept it because we can't change it. And finding this kind of peace and finding this kind of serenity 
can be difficult. It's a lot easier when things are going well, isn't it? It's a lot easier to find that kind of peace when you do have the big bank account and you do have the extra homes and the nice cars and everybody in your family is healthy and happy. But how do we find that peace and that serenity when life happens? When things happen that we cannot change? Well, my friends in recovery introduced me several years ago to the serenity prayer, and I'd like to ask if you all would put that serenity prayer up now. Uh, Would you join me, and let's just pray this together. This may not be familiar to you, but let's pray this prayer together. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. And we'll pray this prayer again at the end, guys, right there in the back. This prayer has been around for decades. Reinhold Niebuhr, the American theologian, is believed to have prepared this prayer for a sermon that he was preaching back in 1934. But persons in recovery that were seeking to help with their addiction began to realize that in this prayer it summed up everything that they believed that recovery needed to be about. And so this prayer, which began in a sermon by an American theologian, has continued to live and flourish and thrive in just about every 12-step recovery group that exists on the face of the earth. And what I thought might be a a, a neat thing to do is during this season of Advent would be to look at the biblical story through the lens of the serenity prayer. Because even if some of those awful things that I mentioned earlier in the sermon, all of which have personally impacted my life, even if you don't have any of those things going on, you might find during this season of Advent and Christmas difficult to have peace. And so I thought we would look at this Christmas story through the lens of the serenity prayer. And if you haven't already figured it out by the children's sermon this morning or the scripture lesson this morning, we're going to begin with Mary, the mother of Jesus. And I think that Mary embodies the very first line of the serenity prayer. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. That angel came and visited Mary and said, Mary, you are going to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. Now you might, because you know how the story ends, think that what a wonderful opportunity, what a great privilege to be the mother of Jesus. You might be sitting here thinking, oh, it would be wonderful to raise 
uh, a child known as the Messiah after raising the little devils that I raised for most of my life. But think about all of the unknowns that Mary would have had in her mind when that angel visited her that day. Think about the fact that she lived in a time where if you got pregnant out of wedlock, you could be stoned to death according to the Levitical law. Think about the fact if you tried to tell the person that you were about to get married to, I'm pregnant, but I didn't do what it takes to get pregnant. God did it. Think about how that would go over with your beloved. Think about what would happen if you lived in Mary's day and your beloved said, I don't buy that story and I'm not about to marry you. Think about what it would have been like back in those days to be an unwed mother trying to raise a child in a patriarchal society where chances are your reputation has been forever ruined and you'd never find anyone to love you or to marry you again. Think about the shame that she would be inviting upon herself. There were so many reasons for Mary not to be thrilled about this news. And maybe that's why the scripture says that she was troubled. Maybe she was worried because she's heard about so many mothers who die during childbirth. Maybe she was even concerned that her child, this child, might die. What Mary needed in this space of not knowing was some kind of serenity, some kind of peace. And Mary models, I think, that first line of the serenity prayer so beautifully when she says, let it be as you have said. I can't change any of this. And so with your help, God, I will accept it and allow it to be so. This wasn't the last time that Mary had to, in essence, pray that prayer or claim that prayer. You know, when she takes Jesus after he's born into the temple for him to be blessed by Simeon, Simeon blesses the child and then he looks at Mary. He doesn't look at Joseph. He doesn't look at the baby. He looks at Mary and he says, and your soul is going to be pierced too. Nothing she can do about it. She doesn't even really know what that means in that moment. But perhaps she prayed, God grant me the serenity 
to accept the things that I cannot change. When Jesus is 12 years old, they go to Jerusalem. The parents are going back after the, they've spent a few days there and all of a sudden they realize Jesus is not there. How would you feel if you lost the Messiah? How would you feel if you'd been entrusted to be the mother and the father of Jesus Christ and you look around and you're like, oh Lord, where did he go? And you run back and you're looking for him and you find him and he's in the temple and you say, why did you do that? And Jesus doesn't even apologize. Jesus just said, I must be in my father's house. Now you know if that had been us as parents, we would not have just let that go. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in Jesus' house, or God's house, you're going to be in my dog house. Come on, son, let's go. Um, but Mary, maybe she prayed. <sighs> what are you going to do? Grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. Remember when Jesus was teaching and they came up to him and they said, you know, Jesus, your mother and your family, they're all outside. Uh, they think you've lost your mind. And Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? I'll show you who your mama is. Don't you know she wanted to say? Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. And then as she's standing there beneath that cross, no doubt she's wondering how are all the ways that her soul has been pierced, but in that moment she sees the side of her son pierced. No mother should ever have to see something that horrific. And I wonder, as she sat there at the foot of the cross, if she prayed, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot If you live long enough, you're going to encounter something in your life that you can't change. If you have a past that you regret, or if you have a future that you can't control. Why not pray for the grace to accept what you cannot change? 
in the serenity prayer, and they don't typically do this part of the prayer in the 12-step program, but in the second half of that prayer, I hope you caught a line that said, God, I trust that you are making all things right. That you will make all things right. And if you think about Mary as she's told that she's going to conceive a child, even though she hasn't done anything that would conceive a child, if you think about how Mary had to uh, put up with this child and some of the things that the child did, this child grew up to break Sabbath laws and he touched people that he wasn't supposed to touch and he was always infuriating people and as a mother you know that that had to scare the living daylights out of her she was able to accept what she could not change. And somehow, in all of those awful things, in all of those things that would have broken her heart and raised fear and anxiety in her spirit, God was working to make things right. What if we could pray for the serenity to accept the stuff that we cannot change. Trusting and believing that God could work through such things to make all things right. Accepting the things you cannot change won't always make your life more pleasant. It won't always make it easier to bear. But it is an invitation to God to enter into your present. It is an expectation that God is with you and at work to make all things may not look the way we want it to, may not be in the way that we would want it to. And yet still we pray for the grace to accept and believe. Let's pray the serenity prayer one last time together. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that You will make all things right, if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next.